The day of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Welcome to the Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. Right after the seven seals, Revelation unfolds another cycle of judgment, this time in the form of seven trumpets. By drawing from the Egyptian plagues, this cycle reveals to us the purpose of God's judgment. When understood in context, the judgment of God actually brings encouragement to God's people. Join Ryan and Mike as we explore why. All right, Mike, well, we are going to go right on in to Revelation chapters 8 through 10 today. We're going to cover three chapters together. I know it seems like a lot, but these really form one subunit. So what I hope to do is offer a real quick review of where we are in the book of Revelation. Second thing we're going to try to do is give a narrative telling of these chapters before finally getting to the practical takeaway of the encouragement these chapters give. So let's just review real quick where we are. We have just finished the seven seals being broken. Mm-hmm. Christ has ascended to heaven. War has ensued on earth. God has responded in judgment. All of while there's this anticipation in chapter 7 of a kingdom that is going to be delivered. Now as we get into the trumpets, we're going to see a lot of similarities to what we've mm-hmm. seen with the seals. So on the one hand, it's like there's a few new details here. On the other hand, it's almost like it's retelling some things we've already heard in this first cycle. So yeah. tell me, what's going on with the trumpets here, Mike? Yeah, uh, maybe the biggest key for this section, for me anyway, is remembering the drama that, that surrounded the fifth seal, where you have the souls crying out for God to bring judgment, to co- accomplish his purposes, fulfill his promises, and bring that judgment. But the answer that's given to them is, wait, rest a little while longer, more will die. Um, And so then uh, where we pick up then with these seven trumpets is now we're going to tell that story again from the ascension of Christ to his return or to that that fullness of the kingdom. But now we're going to tell that story through the lens of God's judgment. And so you see these, these seven trumpets Um, The first four uh, correspond to one another. Trumpets five and six and seven sort of stand apart. We see the same patterning with the the bowls later on. We saw the same kind of grouping and patterning with the seven seven, uh, seals. But so we have these these seven trumpets, and, and as these trumpets are blown, what we see are these pictures of judgment, and it's reminiscent of the plagues. Um, the plagues in Egypt and God's judgment there on Pharaoh and the Egyptian gods. And and so you see these these plagues breaking out on earth in this apocalyptic visionary experience. Um, And it's, you know, the first sounded and hail and fire mixed with blood. Um, The second one, this fire thrown into the sea. The third, uh, a star fall from heaven. Uh, the fourth, the sun darkened, right? So again, it, it draws our minds back to the Exodus plagues and God's judgment there. Yeah, so before the, we go with those, Mike, if I can sure. just repeat back what you've just said, the similarities to the seals. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've talked about before, this is a book that is retelling the same events between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus mm-hmm. many times over. 
So whenever we read these, we don't need to read these as a brand new event that's following yeah. after the seals. Right. Rather, these are happening in the same way as the seals, just from a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. B- but I think the detail that's going to be new in John's account here is in this occasion, he's drawing heavily from Exodus language mm-hmm. to show that much as the plagues in Egypt were a judgment of God upon Pharaoh and his forces, now the judgment of God is being poured out. And that's, I think, something I'd really like for us to consider for, for a good while in this episode, yeah. is why is the judgment of God being poured out? Why are these plagues happening and ultimately, what is the purpose of drawing upon the Exodus language here? So keep taking yeah. us through these. I just wanted to make sure yeah. we got on the same page with where we are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, let me let me first to to answer maybe the big question that's behind those questions you just asked. You, you know, the world is full of evil, violence, injustice, right? Not just like little minor infractions. You know, people who go one mile over the speed limit, and and you know play bingo and drink beer and stuff like that, right? You know, like sometimes... Like, you just that, talked about my people, great aunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You know, like we view those things, you know, some some church cultures like that's, you know, no, like the the, Bible, the biblical view of sin is like... I'm sorry, is, give me a second is, before we get serious. No, it's okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so what you're trying to get us to see here is whenever we talk about sin, and this is not... <laughs> the reality of this is not funny, just the way you said it's really funny. Yeah. The reality of sin is not breaking the speed limit one mile over. Yeah. Sin in the biblical sense is yeah. evil. It is. It is rebellion against the creator that yeah. harms the glory of the creator and harms his creation including yeah. us. Yeah. So so I th- I think that's really what this is making us see here is just the real nature of what sin is, which you're right. Yeah. So many who have lived comfortable American lives I think often don't see the horrors that yeah. this world has to offer. Mm-hmm. We view the horrors of this world as somewhat apart from us. But I think also what this is going to help us see is the horrors of this world may not be carried out in full extent in each of our lives, but many of our hearts are given over to these inclinations. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is what we're going to see, the ubiquity of the evil and the sin that's on God's good creation. Yeah. So that, you know, it's that, it's that recognition of the world in which we live right, from which we see then God's judgment, right? It's not like we have to start with this, like, you know, you know, artificial construct of, you know, how to, how to make God's judgment. No, like, look around. The world is full of evil and darkness, and, and it's that that God is responding to as the, as the king who does justice and righteousness, that he's, he's not, not allowing that evil to continue. He's dealing with that evil. And so, these chapters about God's judgment, these seven trumpets, grow from that world, not just this squeaky clean, sterilized world that has a distorted view of what sin actually Amen. is. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so with that preface, then, we see these pictures of God's judgment, and, and, and um, again, drawing on the imagery of the plagues and the exodus and that sort of thing. And then when we get to the fifth and sixth trumpet, the pictures of judgment intensify, right? You've got like, smoke and fire and this pit that's opened up and this like locust army that looks like Apache helicopters and uh, all this just craziness that is unleashed. Um, there, there, there's torment in the fifth seal or fifth trumpet rather. There, there's killing in the sixth trumpet. Um, 
and all of this, right, you know, the, the text just moves and moves really without commentary. It's just one trumpet, then the next trumpet, then the next trumpet, then the next trumpet, and the violence and the, the picture gets more and more horrific, more and more intense. The commentary comes in at the end of chapter 9, at the end of the sixth trumpet, and, and after all of this, listen to what it says in 9 verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and brass and of stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor their thefts, right? And so God is acting in this way against evil, right? Pure, dark evil, and and these acts of judgment should have brought people to wake up to see the creator and to to turn away from injustice and violence and it did not have that effect right right and so that's the that's the first six trumpets and and it, it causes us to sort of pause and reflect on the state of a world in which after experiencing god's judgment and these wake up calls are so steeped and deepened and darkened and hardened in that evil that it did not wake them up it did not turn them towards god and away from injustice and violence so let sure. me let me pause there to take a breath before we before john helps us reflect on that a little further but that's at least the the big picture of the first six yeah six and I, and i think it would be trumpets. helpful let's go ahead and get the end of the trumpets in mind as well just for contrast okay. the end of the trumpets don't come until you get to the end of chapter 11 that's it right. says in 11.15, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Yeah. And as we've said many times, Revelation has these many cycles that are working from the ascension to the second coming of Christ. That's right. What you see in the first six trumpets mm-hmm. is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you were to try to make a film today with the six trumpets blown in them, this would be an R rating. I yeah. mean, this is horror of what goes on. But I think this it's is interesting. The, this is the Snyder Cut. It the, is. This is the yeah. Snyder Cut, which I'll probably never see, but that's all okay. right. <laughs> um, D, the DC world just lost me years ago. Batman versus yeah. Superman is unforgivable. But um, we, w- whenever you yeah. look at Revelation 11 and you see the end of the trumpets, the kingdom then comes. Glory comes. Salvation and deliverance come. So just just to get the narrative with where we are with this, Mike, on the surface level of Revelation 8 through 11, you have six trumpets that are blown. Between the sixth and the seventh, there's this interlude in 10 and 11. But then when the seventh come, the kingdom comes. This is the second coming. This is pointing us to the time when Christ returns, the kingdom of heaven fully comes, etc., but during these first six trumpets, there is horror, there is terror, there's bad things that happen. Now let's go a bit further with this. Yeah. With each of these six, there are echoes of the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Why are the echoes of the plagues of Egypt and the Exodus found here in the first six trumpets? Yeah. It's yeah, let's and let me let me say something, just a general comment that'll that'll like explain the specific comment, right? Because you know, sometimes, so often with Revelation, 
we fall into the trap of reading these visions, reading these these things, and just searching for some correspondence in history. Like, okay, the scorpions represents this, and it's literally going to happen right. like this, right? And yes. so we, we're yes. looking at this as just predictive prophecy of of events, and and rather than if you go the, back just, just to give an example of this, if you look look back to the Cold War, it was very common for evangelicals to claim that the locusts were actually representing Russian helicopters. Yeah. And you know this this was the Cold War was pointing mm-hmm. forward to the to the announcement of the trumpets. Yeah. But as we've said a million times, and when you say it a million more, to understand Revelation, you don't go looking for correspondences in the contemporary world that may or may not fit, but we can always think they do. Rather, where do we need to listen to the story? Where do we yeah. need to find the echoes? Where is that? Yeah, yeah. And so, so th- thinking then, what are these visions saying in terms of theological reflection? Right. What are, What are they saying exactly. about God yes. and yes. God's work? Right. The, again, these are. These are visions or dreams that that John's experiencing that are saying something about what's going on in the world, what God is doing, right. and using this fantastical imagery to 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 describe that. And so, use drawing on this language from the Exodus, from the judgment against Egypt, the judgment against the Pharaoh, judgment against the Egyptian gods. We're seeing okay, God is doing something um, to to respond to evil. That should wake the world up. That should that should take hardened people and draw them towards God. But all it's done is more or less what happened to Pharaoh, where they've hardened their hearts even farther, and they did not repent. Exactly. And so after yes. this delayed yes. judgment, this this delayed judgment, now we're going to see. All right, the kingdom will come. Right. And and so and it's so helpful to have that structure that Daniel seven gives us because you know we we've got okay that war takes place. But God will pass judgment in favor of the saints, and He'll and the, the saints will inherit the kingdom. Well, here we're we're focusing now on in these seven trumpets. We're focusing in on um, okay. Well, what is that judgment piece? Why is God delaying that judgment piece? Well, we're see okay. He's working and He's delaying, but He's granting repentance. He's right. he's, he's delaying and giving people an opportunity to, to soften their hearts and humble themselves and and turn to Him in repentance. And so then, and, and before we, you go, before you go with that, Mike, I, I want to make yeah. one additional point with the Exodus because th- this is, I think, important. W- whenever we we interpret Revelation, you, you and I have both said this before. You don't just begin with Revelation and then look for a code cipher in the Old Testament, right? Yeah. Locust here, therefore, this must be a reference back to Joel one and two. Well, perhaps, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Rather, what we need to do is really know the narrative of the yeah. t- of the Torah. Of, yeah. of, of the Old Testament scriptures and see where they're leading us toward. Yeah. Whenever you read the Exodus account, which by all means is the greatest national story in Israel's history, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's all leading up to the redemption and the deliverance of God's people. You then see so many of the prophets draw upon this Exodus language, most notably, I think, in Isaiah 40 through 55, which again mm-hmm. would have been a bedrock text for the first yep. century church. Mm-hmm. Um, first century Christians would have known Isaiah 4355 like we know John 316. Yep. Um, Isaiah 4355 is promising of this new exodus, this new deliverance that is going to come. Well, then you get to the life of Jesus, you see him pass through the waters of baptism. You see him casting miracles and doing wonders 
all pointing toward a new exodus that is going to come. And I think what John is doing is here is now taking us to this pinnacle Mm -hmm. of a new exodus that is going to come. Mm -hmm. We know where this exodus is going to lead, the deliverance and the redemption of God's people from the present evil age into the eternal age of peace with God when the kingdom of heaven comes in in all its glory. But then the question you're leading us to is, in the meantime, why isn't God just giving the kingdom immediately? Why didn't God just come and at the burning bush tell Moses, all right, go and deliver my people? Why did God work these signs and wonders and plagues first? So why? Why is God doing this? Exactly. Why were there ten plagues instead of one? Right. You, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That is that question, right? And 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 so, again, what we get from a storytelling perspective is we get these first six trumpets, and they intensify in their in their uh, just horror, and then and then you get the the effect, the result. They did not repent. And twice we need to hear that that drumbeat. They did not repent in verse twenty. They did not repent in verse twenty twenty one. And so just like we had that interlude back in chapter 7, we have another interlude here in chapters 10 and 11. And I'll only zoom into the first part of this interlude now, and we'll, we'll talk about the second part of the interlude next episode. Yep, keep going. Go but, ahead. But, but here at the beginning in chapter 10, he says, I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book which was open, and he placed his right foot on the sea and his left on the land. He cried out with a loud voice as when a lion roars, and he cried out, the seven peals of thunder utter their voices. When the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. Then the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heaven and the things in it, and the earth and the things in it, and the sea and the things in it. And this is where we really need to pay attention. What did he say? There will be delay no longer. But in the day of the voice of the seventh angel, when he's about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished, mm. as he preached to his servant, the prophets, right? So, so again, Powerful. feel the drama, yes. feel the narrative yes. tension here, right? God said... There's going to be a war, but I'll pass judgment in favor of the saints, and the saints will inherit the kingdom. Well, back in the six seals, the saints are getting slayed. They've, they've been overpowered in that war, and they're longing for God to pass judgment. When will you, how long will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood? When will you fulfill your promises? When will you fulfill your purposes and pass judgment and we inherit the kingdom? And God's answer then was, wait, there's yes. delay. And so now what we see in these seven trumpets these first six, we're seeing this delayed judgment. God's not bringing, bringing this total destruction and total judgment. It's this partial judgment. Why? To, to give people repentance, to, to grant repentance. Uh, he's, he's not desiring any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And yet when they harden their hearts in rebellion, in idolatry, in injustice, delay no longer. Right, absolutely. The mystery will be finished. And so that's why then when we get to the seventh trumpet, that's what we see. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Yeah. And well, so well, then, well, if, okay. if, yeah, if I can just say one, one dimension to this that is so interesting to me, 
is not only is God doing this for the purpose of delaying his judgment to bring about penitence, but he's also doing it to execute his judgment upon the forces of evil. You know, whenever you think of the Exodus, it has really helped me to think of the Exodus as a kidnap hostage situation. Mm -hmm. Egypt kidnapped God's children Mm -hmm. and enslaved them for 430 years. Mm -hmm. God the Father is looking upon his covenant children, sees them taken kidnapped and ransomed, in Egypt, he then is working against the forces of darkness to deliver his children. Some of these judgments, I think, are difficult for us to get in a 21st century environment, but I think when we understand, just as you see God pouring out his judgment upon Abaddon and Apollyon in 9-11, exactly who that is, we could discuss another time, but as you, you see God pouring out his judgment upon these forces of darkness, it's, it's, it's for the purpose of redeeming his children who have turned from their wickedness unto him. And so I think that's also just a very powerful way to view God's, God's judgment. It's still for the purpose of redeeming his children. That's exactly right, that, that we're seeing in these judgments, right? It's not this punitive thing. It, it is that it's God's judgment against evil, but, but it's redemptive for his people, but it's also redemptive even for some forces of evil to have an opportunity to repent and seeing that redemptive, restorative arc to God's judgment. Um, and so then when we, when we come back to this idea then, as, as we have this breath or this pause or this interlude in chapter 10 with this angel, and he says, delay no longer, He'll, the, the mysteries of God is finished as he preached to his servant the prophets, this question that's going to come about is, all right, so what do we do in the meantime? If God is delaying that full judgment and the, 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 the coming of the kingdom in all its fullness, the saints inheriting the kingdom, what do we do in the meantime? And so what, what we'll see, I'll give a little bit of the punchline away, and then we'll expand this next episode. Notice John's told, keep preaching. And we'll see this, this narrative of these two witnesses who are testifying about the testimony and the truth and the gospel. And so there's something about this gospel message, the announcement of the king and the kingdom and living out as followers of the lamb that is to characterize our life in this, in this, in our own interlude waiting for, in the midst of the war, waiting for God to pass judgment in favor of the saints and the saints to inherit the kingdom. Yeah, and, and I would say quite briefly, you know, when you look at chapters eight and nine, it seemed to be a horror movie, but whenever you really see the purposes of God for the sake of redemption and for the sake of delay, as you just said, that's what I would consider good news. Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Next time, between the sixth and seventh trumpets, Revelation offers an interlude of two witnesses. Join Ryan and Mike as they discuss how this inspiring but short story illuminates both the Christian mission and destiny. And you'll also learn why this is Ryan's favorite chapter in the book. Don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns.